wards of wisdom. More than just words of wisdom, it's wards of wisdom. We now have a better handle on the rules surrounding masks in public and retail spaces, certainly compared to when they were first introduced this past summer. But there are still so many caveats, which is why our interview with lawyer Jason Ward in episode 12, when this rule was implemented, is still so relevant. What about the person who refuses? What if they have a legitimate reason? How do they prove it? And who's responsible for enforcing the rule? Those are just a few of the questions Jason addressed back in July. The health unit's emphasis is that when a person enters your public uh, place, if you have an indoor place that is publicly accessible, including a commercial establishment, you have to politely and, and courteously ask that person to wear a mask. If that person refuses, uh, provided that there was a mask policy in place and that the required signs were posted on the business establishment, that discharges the business's obligation. They cannot be penalized by the health unit if they'd done that educational mandate in good faith and used their best efforts to do it. They should avoid conflict. Businesses should avoid conflict and, in fact, uh, train staff on conflict de-escalation if possible. There shouldn't be altercations between employees of businesses and patrons who refuse to wear masks. You're talking about physical altercation. Correct. You cannot grab somebody by the shoulder and say, get out. That's right. There should be no physical uh, interaction between employees and customers. Rather, if a person refuses to wear a mask and there's not an identified exception as identified by the health unit for not wearing a mask, then the business owner should contact the health unit and or the police. They have authority under the health unit's order to enforce the health unit's order itself. Ideally, what would happen is uh, the health unit would be contacted if they're open, if they also have an emergency service. They would speak to the, the customer or the patron and convince them to wear the mask or not enter the store, but if it has to be escalated beyond that, the police have authority and jurisdiction to deal with it. So what happens in the interim there, in that three or four minutes before someone can legally, physically remove them? Provided the store or the business has, has in good faith, done the educational part of this, then they should not engage in conflict and de-escalate the conflict. So if the person insists on wandering throughout the store, the store should permit that while waiting for the health unit or the police to intervene. Okay, and if there's other patrons in the store, the store owner should caution and warn those other patrons that there's someone choosing not to wear a mask in the store who's not under the excluded categories and probably, I would think, urge those people to, to keep their distance. What if a customer is claiming some kind of exemption saying, look, you know, hey, I'm, I'm allowed in here because of blank. Is it incumbent upon the customer to prove it? Yeah, there's, there's really four exceptions. Two of them are physical in nature, so they shouldn't be an issue. So the children under two or the children under five, that's something that the store owner should be able to discern for themselves. Uh, the other one is if the person is unable or incapacitated to remove the mask or, or apply the mask themselves, that's something a store owner could assess on their own when the person's there. So that one shouldn't be an issue. Really the two troubling ones are I have an underlying medical condition or I have a religious reason for not wearing it. And if somebody comes in, the store owner has to assess that at face value. Uh, is that person seem credible? Do they have an explanation of what their religious reason is? Um, what is the medical condition? Um, they can ask those questions. That's legitimate to inquire into the medical reason. Doesn't that kind of walk the fine line, though, between privacy issues and, and um, borderline harassment when you think about it? I mean, I'm just wondering how far they can push that to ask. It does. It, it, there's, a, there's an interplay with privacy law and discrimination as well under Ontario Human Rights, under the Ontario Human Rights Code. But at the end of the day, 
the onus is on the store owner that if, if they're going to permit an exception to enter the store, um, they, have, they have the right and the ability to ask the question, do you have a medical reason and can you explain what the medical reason is that you're not able to wear a mask? And if that customer says, that's a private issue, I'd rather not discuss it. Then you got to take them at face value. And if there's a concern, call the health unit. Okay, what if the same applies to a staffer? You know, you, you have that employee, they're claiming an exemption status, whether it's for health or religious reasons. How much control does the employer have on refusing to keep them on? Uh, you can't compel the employee to wear a mask. The employer should have a policy in place that requires all staff and employees to wear non-medical masks. If there is a discrimination issue or a medical reason there, then the employer has to make a difficult decision about whether that employee can be placed in that circumstance or not. And if so, uh, face masks are insufficient. So the health unit order says a face mask is not an acceptable substitute for a non-medical mask. So having the employee merely wear a face mask may not be a satisfactory result for that. I think the employer would have to make a choice to remove the employee from the interaction with the public if that employee is unable to wear a non-medical mask. From a legal standpoint though, what are the chances that that employee may say, look, my rights have been violated, I'm taking my employer to court? Well, provided the employee is not terminated, but rather accommodated and put in a different position or given different roles and responsibilities because of this issue, then there really isn't the legal grounds to claim anything against the employer or the business. What if it pushes to the extent that if your job is to serve customers and that's really the only job you have? I just, I'm looking at a hypothetical situation which really isn't that hypothetical. Yeah. Can that employer say, sorry, you're going to have to stay home and when and this is all over, then you can come back? They're not fired, but they're quote-unquote laid off. Yeah, the, the employer will be at risk there of, of constructively or, or outright terminating the employee. Um, but there's a balance here, and this is the problem with the pandemic, is none of this has been judicially reviewed. So there's a balance between the employer's duty to keep the public safe versus the employer's duty to keep his, his or her employees safe in the workplace. And that clash may happen, and there's no legal, clear, definitive answer on that right now. But at the end of the day, if I was a store owner, uh, I would be thinking seriously about trying to accommodate the employee that couldn't wear a mask and let public safety uh, weigh uh, more important than the rights of that particular employee in my store. Let's talk about another very hypothetical scenario, which really isn't. I'm in a store, I'm wearing a mask, the person next to me is not wearing a mask for whatever reason. I get sick and it's traced back to my time in the business. Who's liable, if anyone? That's a, that's a very good question. And that has not been judicially uh, dealt with at all, but it's going to raise some very interesting issues like, how do you prove uh, th that you became sick in that circumstance? I would think that's going to be a very important issue on, on cases of this nature. The other is, what insurance coverage will there be for somebody who is in a store who alleges they were infected with COVID-19? Um, will that store have insurance coverage? And different policies say different things, so that's also going to be an issue. But that's why my comment was stores would be probably better served by putting more emphasis on public safety rather than the individual rights of a patron or a particular employee for that very reason. Certainly from a, an ethical standpoint, that sounds like the right thing to do. You're, yeah. you're thinking of the public safety. From a legal standpoint, is that the smart thing to do too when you're yes. weighing those two scales going better lean towards that side? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a double-edged sword, frankly, because there's probably no right way to do it that eliminates any uh, risk or exposure to liability. But I would weigh on the side of public safety rather than individual patron rights. <laughs> 
My thanks to Jason Ward of Ward's Lawyers for helping us wade through the details of mask rules in public and retail spaces. That conversation took place in July of this past year in episode 12 of the Advocate podcast. Still so relevant today and will be for quite some time. Jason's new book, Resolving Grave Disputes, The Law of Dead Bodies in Ontario, is now available on Amazon and Kindle. For all your legal needs, you can contact Jason and Carissa Ward and their team at wardlegal.ca.